In the holy name of Jesus, amen. This Advent season, we have been looking at the ageless questions that have been asked throughout the scriptures. Good questions, questions that we should think about whether or not they are on our hearts and minds as well. Last week, we heard the question, are you the one? That was from John the Baptist as he was sitting and rotting in prison. Tonight, we hear two well-known figures in the scriptures ask seemingly the same question. How will this be? From the very first book of the Bible all the way through the last book in Revelation, all the way from Adam to the very end of time, this question has been asked. Think about it. You are 21st century Christians today. You believe that Jesus is the Christ, the Son of God, true God, true man. That's hard enough to comprehend. We also believe that he has died and risen from the dead to forgive all people of their sins. Even more difficult to believe. How can all of this be? It's because God promises it. The works of God, the ways of God, are often beyond beyond our understanding. My ways are not your ways, my thoughts are not your thoughts, says the Lord. But he never looks at Zechariah or Mary or you or me or anybody else in the scriptures and says to us in the midst of our questions, you cannot speak to me this way. How will this be? Sometimes that question is asked with great doubt and great disrespect toward God. This was how the old priest Zechariah asked the question. The angel Gabriel had come to him and he told him everything that John the Baptist would be. He would be their son that they had longed for. He would be given to Elizabeth who was barren. They were going to have a child. No way, he thought. How shall I know this, he asked. How can I be sure? How can this possibly be? We're old. And the last time I checked, old people don't have children. But instead of doubting, Zechariah should have gone back to his Old Testament and remembered the story of Abraham and Sarah, yet another old couple who had been promised to have multiple generations beyond them as far as the sand is the sea and the stars that are in the sky. God told them that they would be given a son in old age and despite Sarah's barrenness. Had somehow God weakened with Zechariah and Elizabeth? Has God somehow forgot how he operated in the past? What he did in the past could not be done now? Zechariah just isn't sure. And here he is, a priest in the temple. And for his disbelief, for his spouting off, Zechariah was rewarded with nine months of silence to think about what he said and how he said it. I have often wondered if Elizabeth was happy about that. But this was not a problem for God if he wanted it to happen. Even after the questions were asked, this was his plan. The Messiah was coming, and soon, and also there would be one who would prepare the way of Jesus. That's John the Baptist. 
John the Baptist, as we learned last week, is that hinge between the Old Testament and the New Testament. Everything that God had proclaimed in the Old Testament was, be, was being fulfilled by God who promised it. Do not doubt, but believe, he says to Zechariah. But before we start to throw stones at Zechariah, we fall into this trap too, don't we? We have heard week in and week out throughout all of our lives, maybe some of us who have been lifelong Christians in Sunday school and Bible class, we have learned what God has always promised as well. The wages of sin is death, but the free gift of God is eternal life in Christ Jesus. All who believe and are baptized shall be saved. But doesn't it ever seem unlikely, especially when things are going really bad? Maybe we're looking to God for some answers of some long prayers we've had, and maybe those prayers have taken more than just a couple of days. Maybe they have taken years upon years. And maybe we ourselves are looking to God and saying, why is this taking so long? Maybe we don't question whether God will act, but maybe if he even will, or if he even cares. That is Zachariah's unbelief rearing its ugly head in our lives as well. To doubt God, to think that he is unreliable, unfaithful, unable, and unwilling. It's what the devil wants us to think. All to pry us away from God and our relationship with him. He wants to set our faith adrift. He wants to use that thing between our ears called our mind, rather than looking to God in pure faith. But it's okay to ask these questions because it's a matter of where you go to find the answer. Zechariah asked, how shall I know this? And one of the things that a priest would regularly do would be in the word of God. And I would tend to think that in those nine months of silence, God led Zechariah back to his word. That is how you know, Zechariah. That is how you and I know today, dear saints in Christ. That is how we know the answer to all of our questions, how we can be sure. It may not be a Monty Python hand coming out of the clouds pointing to this direction. It may not be a shaft of light pointing over in that direction. It may not even be a loud, thunderous voice from heaven. But you have the word of God in your midst, which we would do well to pay attention to. Six months later, that same angel Gabriel appears to Mary and speaks about an unlikely birth as well. Not to an old barren woman, but to someone who is on the opposite end of life, a teenage virgin. This news, too, was difficult to believe, but Mary's response, though it sounds similar to Zechariah's, is a little bit different. Her question of how will this be was not doubting that it could happen or that it would happen. It was not asked with great doubt, but in faith. How will this word of God be fulfilled? What steps would be taken? How shall he proceed 
with me his servant. That's not us elevating Mary above Zechariah or anybody else like that, but she did know what would happen because she went back to the Old Testament. And you find that when Mary greets Elizabeth, she speaks about what happened to Abraham and the promises that were made to him. She mentions him in her praise to God for these two unlikely women to be pregnant. She was proclaiming the faithfulness of God in fulfilling his word, even when there were questions. This is the faith that God desires from us as well. Faith that doesn't doubt or question God, but knows his word and looks to see his word and his promises are being fulfilled. A faith that doesn't scoff, but waits and is actually amazed at what God is doing. To see the simple things in life and appreciate all the more the great wonder and joy that each day gives to us. Perhaps that's why it's so great to celebrate the season of Christmas with such wonder and joy. Because the great promise that God gave to Elizabeth and to Mary and to all the people of the Old Testament, he has given to you as well. He has kept in his word. And it is way beyond our understanding. And yet it is so simple that our little children can look at a manger scene and look at the baby Jesus lying in the manger and say, there is the Son of God in human flesh and blood. Think about that for a moment. How can this possibly be? This is the creator of the universe as a baby in diapers needing his mother to nurse him. This is the one who orders every day, who gives food and sunlight and water to every living thing here on earth, and yet here is the one who has to rely on his parents as they escape to Egypt because Herod wants him dead. How can all of this be, we might say? But in those questions, God continues to give. He continues to give his word, his word for Zechariah, his word for Mary, and his word for you. This faith is not something that we can gin up ourselves or do for ourselves. It's not something that we can sit here and say, try to believe just a little bit harder. Try to pray just a little harder. This is something that the more you try, the less you will succeed. Faith comes by hearing, and hearing through the word of Christ. Only when we are like Zechariah and our mouth is shut so that God may speak to us, in the end will our faith grow. The word of God, like we heard from the prophet Isaiah tonight. Did you ever read this passage and think, this is crazy. How could this be? Isaiah is speaking of Christ some 700 years before he would be born. And there's some amazing words that are heard here. Of which we might ask, how could this possibly be? We see wolves eating lambs. They don't lie down together. We see lions that hunt calves on National Geographic. They don't cuddle up with each other. 
Go over to the Little Rock Zoo and look at the lions. They're not eating straw, they are eating meat. And you're certainly not going to let your nursing child play at the hole of the cobra or let your toddler put their hand down into the hole of a snake. That would be a nightmare. But God spoke to you this evening in the midst of our silence about a world with no hurt, a world with no destruction, a world where all hatred and all tears will be dried up and taken away. We might say, well, that's never going to happen, but Isaiah, who speaks on behalf of God, says it will. But even more so, in his words tonight, we hear something even more fantastic and more wondrous, although maybe a little harder to see. A little child shall lead them. The babe of Bethlehem, Christ the Savior who is born, has led us out of the darkness and into his marvelous light. That babe of Bethlehem who would go to the cross for you and for all of your shame, all of your sorrow, all of your guilt, to put it to death forever. To know that in the midst of our questions, our doubts and our fears, that little child would say from the cross, forgive them for they know not what they do. There is your answer to all things. And of course, as we celebrate this Advent season and soon the Christmas season, we hear in the midst of all of this that he is that wonderful of a counselor, mighty God, the Prince of Peace, the wonderful of a counselor, in a sense, the one who advocates on your behalf before the Father's throne. Forgive them. The mighty God who has created everything here on earth, including you in his image, and who finds his great joy and delight in you. The Prince of Peace, who has declared that you have now peace between yourself and God. Peace through the forgiveness of sins. God has done it. He is still doing it. He will do it in the future. Giving himself through his Son by the cross by the resurrection, to us who doubt it, to us who wonder, to us who waver, to us who question, how shall we know this? All so that we may be confident, thus says the Lord. So that we may, in ways, take our questions of how it shall be to respond with Mary. Let it be to me according to your word. This Advent season, rejoice in that word, the word of promise that has been fulfilled, the word now spoken to you. The word is your joy, your confidence, and your peace, for that word has become flesh for Abraham, Zechariah, for Mary, and for you. To Christ alone be the glory forever and ever. Amen.